And everybody say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, it's kind of tough to follow after Brother Spell has been up here. And uh, I told him and some of these other preachers that can sing and preach, I told them I didn't like none of them. So I ain't never been able to do either one. And uh, we're glad to be in the house of the Lord today. And uh, glad to be here with the Shield family. And uh, I think back many years ago when my brother Shield was a lot younger and I was a lot younger. And uh, man, I tell you, I remember him hitchhiking from St. Charles to Stuttgart to go to school. And, and uh, I remember when he left and those ladies brought him up here and dumped him out up here at either B.B. McRae or somewhere and uh, graduated and left to come up in this area and build a church some 57 years ago. That's to be commended. <laughs> Hallelujah. to have a teacher and uh, Brother Shield listened to her teach and she always had this saying a lot of water under the bridge that was one of her favorite sayings and there's been a lot of water under the bridge and uh, Brother and Sister Shield are, are great people and Sister Shield uh, she didn't know it but she's always had a secret admiring me to the fact that she was a tremendous preacher's wife had a meek and a quiet spirit humble and submissive to her husband and I've always admired her and her spirit always treat you nice and uh, not way up here but just a common person and uh, want to give honor to their family uh, Brother Shield hadn't just uh, got an education and been the pastor of a church He's had an impact on his family. And there's a lot of folks that, well, I probably shouldn't say this, there's a lot of preachers that do a whole lot of stuff, but they don't influence their children to live for God. And uh, it's to be commended that they've had enough influence Brother Shield has on his family that they're all here today. And uh, they worked in the house of God and the music. And Brother Jason Shield carrying on the the message, preaching the truth. And uh, it's a blessing that your family lives for God. I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in truth. Amen, amen. God's a good God. And I don't know what you come to hear today, but I'm not an orator. And I'm just a common preacher. I'm glad that God didn't want everybody to be orators because I wouldn't have never made it. And uh, I rode those short buses to school and uh, didn't go that much, didn't like school, and uh, had a Christian school, and I went to bed every night praying that it would burn before it got daylight, so I didn't have to go. <clears throat> but the Lord never answered my prayer, and uh, every chance I get, uh, I skip school to go hunting, skip school to go fishing, anything to keep from going to school so now that I'm 
64 years old, I kind of regret not uh, getting into books a little better and being a little smarter than I am. But I've learned a lot through uh, hard knocks in my life and things that we have encountered and things that we have went through. Uh, see Brother Spell wherever he went. And uh, I remember when he was young and uh, he and his wife come and they had uh, one little boy. And then when they come back the next time, about nine months later, they had another little boy. And uh, I mean, real fast. And uh, man, we had some good times delivering pianos. I went down to that place the other day, went way down in them woods where we delivered that piano to that Nazarene church. And uh, I was telling my son about it, and he don't even know who Brother Spell is. And I said, we come here and delivered a piano years ago. And uh, we went in there, and they thought it was just two knuckleheads delivering a piano. And that lady can y'all play? And he said, well, I can play a little bit. So he sat down there, and they ain't never heard nothing. <laughs> ain't never heard nothing like that down there in the country. And we had some good times. Man, under that building in 1975 or 76, open air revival, and uh, Brother Spell preached and uh, had a good time. And when I hear Brother Tony Spell up here, he reminds me of your dad. Your dad used to could spit that stuff out too, but I'm sure he's getting older, and his mind ain't functioning as good as it used to. But... We can't remember like we used to. Amen. And uh, no one is happier for me to be here than my brother because uh, I told Brother Shield and told him, I said, man, I'm having some serious issues. I'm having some terrible blood pressure problems. I can't even think straight. And so he called him, told him, said, well, you're going to have to preach Thursday. So when he got that call, he called and chewed me out. It wasn't a pastor talk. It was a brother-to-brother talk. And uh, so anyhow, uh, I'm glad to be here today, and I hope that I can say something that would help somebody and touch somebody's life. And I always want to preach with a burden, don't just preach just to be preaching, but I intend to try to help somebody here, and I believe we're looking at some folk today that wants to live right, or you wouldn't be here at one or two o'clock in the evening on a Thursday. You'd be somewhere else fishing or shopping or working or doing something and uh, we're living in some troubled times and I believe in revival I don't want to sound like a negative preacher you know when I was young I used to wonder why they get all them old guys to preach and uh, man the highlight of the deal you know we run around with those uh, blood letters years ago uh, that AMF if you ever heard of them if you old enough to remember that and uh, we had to listen to Brother Evans and we had to listen to Elder Brother Cavanis, and we had to listen to all these old guys, and the highlight of the meeting was that they was going to have Brother Dude Cavanis preach at night. So it was always going to be exciting, you know, at nighttime. And I always wondered why they had them preach, but uh, they had something to say that we needed to hear. And uh, I hope that I have something that we need to hear today. I don't want to just ramble on, but only thing that's standing between us and something to eat is me, and uh, I haven't eaten since last night, so I'm kind of hungry myself, so I'll try to hurry. And uh, how many's ready to go eat? <laughs> I raised one morning, <laughs> I was preaching, I stopped, I said, how many wants to go to hell? My wife raised her hand. <laughs> she was paying some attention to what I had to say. So you have to be careful, you know, these preachers sometimes, they'll hoodoo you if you don't watch it. 
And uh, we appreciate this church and Brother Shield and young Brother Shield and young Brother Shield's wife. Man, me and her daddy, Lord, we go way back. We had some good times together fishing in the Pearl River. And I remember one night I was laying on the cowboy truck. We'd camped out. It was down there at New Bethel. And, and her dad, he crazy, if y'all didn't know it. And uh, anyhow, I was laying on the cab of the truck asleep. It was sunk in. It was an old hay truck. And we all rode on the bed 30 miles over there to go fishing, camp out. And everybody was asleep. And he comes right up beside the cab of the truck and shoots a pistol up in the air. And uh, man, a lot of times we've had. Uh, I want to read a portion of scripture today found in the book of Revelations. And I'm not a prophecy preacher. And uh, I'm nervous today preaching in front of these guys here that know so much and Brother Bo. But Brother Bo, when you called the other night and left that message on my answer machine, unbeknownst to me, he was going to call, and I done canceled. And then Brother Shield called me back the next morning. I said, man, I started weeping. I said, when Brother Bo called and left that voice message, I didn't get it to the next morning. And uh, I said, what he said was basically what I felt like that God wanted to try to tell us that are here today. And so anyhow, we're going to do our best. Revelations chapter number three. The Bible says unto the angel of the church, and Sardis, write these things, saith the Lord. Hath the seven spirits of God, seven stars, I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. The Bible says in verse 2, it says, Be watchful and strengthen the things that remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Now we're living in a generation that believes that Nobody's going to be perfect, but we find in the word of the Lord that he's always instructing us to do better, to get closer, to line up to what his word says. And this portion of scripture said he said he found her works were not perfect before God. Remember, therefore, thou hast what thou hast received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, thou shalt not watch. I will come on thee as a thief. And thou shalt know what hour I will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments. And they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. You may be seated. Numerous times in these first few chapters of Revelations, the Lord speaking here, he keeps saying, he that hath an ear, let him hear. The Bible tells us that there will become a day that um, there will become a famine for the hearing of the word of God. And uh, there's a lot of things being preached, a lot of preachers preaching, but I just wonder if we're all hearing what the Spirit is trying to say to the churches. 
and all the things that's going on in this world, the uh, turmoil, the signs of the Lord's coming are everywhere that you look. Brother Spell was talking about all these disasters in the world, and we hear so many of them till we just kind of pass it off as it's just another day in life. But I want to tell you, the Lord is soon to come. And it's time for us to wake up and realize that he's soon to come. And he kept telling them, he that hath an ear, let him hear. And he kept telling them to watch, be ready, and uh, be prepared. So in this service today, I would like for us to realize that there is some things that uh, we have established in days gone by from the word of God uh, that seems that sometimes to, seems to be slipping away. I'm one of these guys that like old things. And I guess the reason that I like old things so much is I've done got old. When I look in the mirror, I see a, a wore out old man. And it seems like, as Brother Shields said just a few days ago, that we were young and now we're old. I'm not easily amused with all the new gadgets of technology that they have in this hour that we're living in. It seems that everything is to make things easier and make things better. As a young man, I was always amused with uh, the past and always enjoyed being around old men because uh, I had an interest in the way that things used to be and how they did things and how they accomplished what they accomplished. I live in farming country and I had an old man that really wasn't my grandpa, but he was like my grandfather and we spent so much time together. He was with me uh, lots of times every day of the week. We was together at some point in time. And I asked him, and I always enjoyed being with him. He was born in 1909. And I would ask him, I said, Grandpa, I said, how was this and how was that? And he was telling me about we'd ride around and hunting and fishing different places and we'd uh, see places. He said, back in 1923, he said, we cleared that up right there with a with a double bit axe and team of mules and pull roots during the winter and all these and now it's great farms and zero graded and farms everywhere. He said that property right out there killed a many a man trying to farm it. And uh, as I listened to him and I, I was asking him about things and then he would tell me different things and man it sounded so exciting to me and I asked him, I said one time I told him, I said Grandpa, I said those were the good old days. He looked over at me and he said, son, I want to tell you something. The only thing good about them days is they're gone. He said, I like that air conditioning myself. <laughs> and everything about progress, when I listened to him and I learned all the things that I learned from this old man, and uh, Brother Mays knows who I'm talking about back here. And everything about progress is not bad. Farming in the days past was harder and more strenuous. New equipment has made things easier. It has produced a lazier and unthankful generation of people. As I said, I live in farm country, one of the richest areas in the world. At one time, our county that we live in was 16th to the richest county in the United States of America. That's including all of them, New York, Sacramento, all these places all over the world. And in our area, it seems that so many in the third generation lose what grandpa worked so hard for. They forget what got them to where they are. Mm. 
they start buying and adding things that grandpa would have never added to the farm because it was not a necessity. It was just a amenity, something that made things easier. And they found out that over a process of time, they, they extended themselves to the point that they lost the farm in the third generation. I can name you numerous ones in the area that I've grown up with and watched them and their dads worked hard and their grandpas worked hard and it was handed off to them and over a short period of time living in big houses and buying new cars and, and getting gain in life and playing the big dog and trying to impress others, they lost everything that dad and grandpa had worked for. Oh, Lord. There are things uh, that um, if you don't refurbish them, they become nothing more than just a pile of rust and, and, and corruption. In our area, we have a museum there in our town that's one of the best agriculture museums that there is and called the Grand Prairie uh, Museum. And you go in there and you look at all of those uh, pieces of equipment that they used in days gone by and, and uh, it is uh, amazing how that they accomplished what they accomplished with what they had and it has come to where it is now. And I, 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 as I look at those things, I, 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 my mind rolls back to how things has gotten to where they are. And as I said, you remember this, that all progress is not bad. But sometimes we get so caught up in progress, we forget what got us to where we are. Uh, I talked about this museum, and I, I'm not a real educated person, and I'm not real stupid neither, but I'm just some dumb, but not plumb dumb. And uh, a museum, according to the dictionary, is a place where ancient life or relics from the past are kept. Basically just memories. This museum is nothing more than memories. They have the horse-drawn wagons in there that uh, they use, and then they have the uh, uh, 17 or 1976 uh, uh, schooners that some of my friends drove across the United States in the bicentennial, and, and, and these things, it's just a, a place of preserving what was in the past. In the apostolic church, sometimes we soon forget what got us to where we started at the things that grandpa preached, the things that, that dad preached. Oh, Lord. And we find ourselves getting involved in things that under no circumstances would they have tolerated. Oh, Lord, help us today. I just come today to preach to us just a little while of nothing more than just a memory. This apostolic message that we preach and that we teach does never, ever need to become just a memory. It never needs to be something that our children just know something about. That preacher said something last night. He said so much I couldn't comprehend it all, but one thing that he did say when he was talking about David down there dancing in the street and his wife looked out the window and made fun of him, and he said the reason is because she had never seen that from her dad. Let me tell you, parents, we got a responsibility, amen, to let our children know that this apostolic message is right. 
Hallelujah. We don't want it to just become a memory. Woo, hallelujah. We don't want to get involved in things and start tolerating things that God's not pleased with, that mom and dad and grandpa and grandma had nothing to do with. Woo, hallelujah. We better hold fast to this apostolic doctrine. Hallelujah. If not, we'll find ourselves fellowshipping with the Trinitarians. Hallelujah, the Baptists, the Episcopalians, and everybody else. We can look back and say, well, that's the way we used to look. That's the way we used to dress. That's the power that we used to have. But in this year, amen, of 23, we just don't have the power that we used to have. I'm telling you, we better get a hold of this apostolic message or it'll be nothing more than a memory. We will find ourselves as so many of those in the third generation that has bankrupt the farm. We will find ourselves bankrupt spiritually and we'll start substituting things for the real power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Number one thing that I see in the apostolic church in this generation that we're living is, is there is a real lack of real prayer Hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo, I want to tell you, we're up here celebrating the 57th anniversary of this church. I was relating some things to Brother Shield. I was a young man coming up here to fellowship meetings and coming up here with my dad and others as they was getting this church off the ground. And I can remember the power of God and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And it come through prayer. Amen, I said it come through prayer. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I know we're on a tight schedule and I know people's got to work but there was no more than a half a dozen people in that prayer room today. I'm gonna tell you, amen, if we don't pray, I said if we don't pray, prayer is gonna be something, amen, it's just something, a ritual that we go through at a funeral or at a wedding and pray over something, hallelujah. But I wanna tell you that prayer changes things and we better get a hold of it Get it way down deep in our heart that our children know that prayer works. The reason that the majority of people don't pray anymore is because they really don't believe that it works. But the Bible said that when you pray, believe. I'm gonna tell you, there is a lack of prayer and a lack of believing in what God's word will do and what prayer will do in your life. Prayer will make the difference. I said prayer makes the difference. I don't want it to just become a memory, something that they talked about. Amen, those all night prayer meetings that we used to have. I had Brother Cox to come preach for me one time and he come into the church and when I let him up, he said, dear God, said I thought I was at a Baptist church because there wasn't no prayer going on this place. He said it was so quiet. I want to tell you something. It don't need to be like that. The rafters need to be ringing with the prayer. Hallelujah of the Holy Ghost. We need to pray till we get in the spirit. We need to pray till the power of God comes down and ministers in our sanctuaries. Give the Lord a real hand clap of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It ain't just here in this group of people that I'm preaching to. I preach this way at my church and every other place that I go to preach. Amen. We need to have a real relationship with God. We need to understand that prayer works. 
How many in here really believes that God answers prayer? Well, why wasn't you in the prayer room before service? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I can get by without prayer. Let me tell you something. If you don't pray, you ain't going to stay. You better have a relationship with God. You better learn what prayer really does. Amen. It ain't just something that we do at the end of service. Woo! It ain't something we do just for the sick. Hallelujah. Prayer is your communication with God. And without communication from God, you're not going to make it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It used to be that people believed it worked. So indulged, we indulged ourselves in prayer and we believed and expected God to intervene. Now we have too many options. Woo, I said we got too many options. Brother Shield used to have to pray, amen, to pay the light bill. Yes, he used to have to pray to pay the water bill. Well, I'm just gonna tell you, I don't want this just to be a memory of how that God worked for the elders. The Bible said that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did it then, he can do it now. We don't need to lose our faith in prayer. I've come today, amen, to strengthen the things that remain that are ready to die. Prayers seem to be a lost art in the apostolic church. I can remember at our church, I've seen them bring people in out of the prayer rooms talking in tongues and set them in a seat and they lay their whole service talking in tongues and the power and the Shekinah power of God would come into that assembly and God would minister, God would do things. We start talking about prayer. It gets tight because people don't want to sacrifice their time to pray. But I'm telling you, we're in the last days. Amen. And he said in this pastor scripture that I read today, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Watch, watch, watch. The Lord is soon to come. Amen. He's not coming back after a lukewarm church. Amen. A dried up church. He's coming back after a church that's on fire for God. Hallelujah. We got too many options. I can remember my dad telling, and I don't want this just to be a, a, a memory. I remember my dad telling that they had to move out of the fish market that they had rented up on Main Street. This was before Columbus Street where Brother Shield received the Holy Ghost. And, and uh, they, the rent there was $35 a month, and they did, had to move out because they didn't have the money to pay the rent. And we look around today and say, oh, man, how in the work that be? And they started praying, talking to God. Amen, God, we got to do something. So they started having, having church in some widow woman's house there. And they got to cutting up in there and dancing and shouting and praising God in the midst of troubles and trials. And the floor fell to the ground. They had to jack the floor back up and put it back up. Amen. And my mom and my dad was living with this sister. Amen. And one day she went to hollering and carrying on. They said, what's going on? They said, she said you ain't going to believe it. Had one of them old washing machines that go, gentlemen, and, and don't have a lid on it. And uh, she said, look what I found floating on this water, $35. You say, oh, it come out of somebody's pocket. It didn't come out of nobody's pocket because nobody had no money. I'm telling you, God, God can do it because people was praying and believing God they had faith. God, you're gonna do it. We don't want this prayer business just to be a memory. 
We still want the power of God demonstrated in our churches. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He don't never change. We change. People change. The world changes. Technology changes. But there ain't nothing gonna take the place of prayer. You can get on your computers and your phones and your iPads all you want to. It's not gonna take the place of prayer and supplication to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Another thing is this fasting. If prayer didn't work, hallelujah, we thought we need to fast a while. And we find in the word of the Lord, if you get in trouble and you have problems going on, we read in there where people started praying fast. No Jehoshaphat, the armies come against him. He didn't know what he's gonna do. They say, hey, they're out there like the sand of the sea. So what are we gonna do? I tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna proclaim a fast. We're going to the house of God. Nowadays, if people have a little problem, oh, I can't come tonight. I got a problem. My life bill due. My kids, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they stay out of the house of God. I wanna tell you, you need to go to the house of God. I said, you need to go to the house of God. Where are you going to find the answer for your problem? It's going to be in the house of God. When the man of God walks to the pulpit and under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, the word's going to cure whatever's ailing you. Woo, hallelujah. He proclaimed a fast. They got to praying. I think it was about three days or so. I don't know exactly how long it was. It don't really make no difference, but they prayed and they fasted. And the Bible said, in the midst of the congregation come the Spirit of the Lord upon one of the prophets. And he stood up and gave them the answer to their problem, told them how they was gonna win the war. Amen. And what was they gonna do? The Bible said they was go out, go out and praise God in the beauty of holiness. Hallelujah. Amen. When you got problems going on, come to the house of God. I said, when you got problems going on, come to the house of God. When you got problems, come to the house of God. That's where you're gonna find your answer. I don't want this just to be a memory. I said, I don't want this just to be a memory. Woo, hallelujah. I want my kids to know that God's a healer, that God's a deliverer, that he's a prayer answering God. It don't make no difference what the situation. He meant he's a fit for every situation. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm talking about these things that just seem to just go away. And we talk about them. Hallelujah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Old Sister Hannah, boy, she is faithful to church. Oh, Lord, man, she come and she is sang, man. I can remember years ago, and I remember him beating that rub boy. Chuka, 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 chuka. I don't know if he's in time or not, but he's making a lot of racket. He made that thing with both backers. He turned around and go the other way with it. And I remember him running around the church. Now, that's when we was down there on the side of the railroad tax, and look where we at now. Brother Jason Shield, don't forget, ever forget. We don't want it to just be a memory of dad talk. Oh, God of how the power of God ministered down there on the side of that railroad track. Thank God for this nice building. Thank God for these padded pews. But I'm telling you, amen, we don't ever want it to become just something we talk about. We don't want church to become a museum, a place of relics, of things that we look at and say, hey, that's the way it used to be. I want to tell you, the power of God needs to be operating in our midst every day. Every service. Hallelujah. Faithfulness. 
Hallelujah. Revelation 2 and 10 said, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. Luke chapter 12, verse number 35. Blessed. Amen. Blessed is a servant. When his Lord come, find him watching. Hallelujah. Woo. We don't want to find ourselves slumbering and sleeping and being slouching around and nonchalant. Bible says, forsake not the assembling yourselves together. As a matter of some is so much more, you see that day approaching. Woo. Hallelujah. I don't know what y'all schedule services around here, but I want to tell you, we don't need to be cutting out no services. We need more church. I said, we need more church. I said, we need more church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This thing wasn't built around somebody's work schedule. Hallelujah. I said this wasn't built around somebody's work schedule. In this day and time, we're more concerned about making a dollar, driving a new car, a new truck. Thank God for those things. But those things should not come between us and our faithfulness to the house of God because we burdened ourselves down with all these bills so we can't come to church and worship and praise and can't be faithful to God. He's looking for people that's gonna be faithful. What did he say? Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Let me tell you something. That old Wuhan Chinese virus or whatever they brought on us from wherever it come from, amen, it seems that he's given people a right not to be faithful to church. Woo, you need to go to church. Hallelujah. I said you need to go to church. Hallelujah. Oh, oh. Is it real? Yes, it's real. I done had the garbage three times. Every July, I get it. I had it three years ago in July. Like to died with that mess. Then the next time, it wasn't quite as bad. Then I just got over it. Amen, in July again. I want to tell you something. It's real, but I didn't let it keep me out of the house of God but one night. Woo! I'm talking about faithfulness. Man. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, he's preaching to you, Jack. Anybody believe what I'm saying? Well, let me tell you, I come to strengthen the things that remain that are ready to die. Hallelujah. I said I come to strengthen the things that remain that are ready to die. Woo, this prayer business, hallelujah, this fasting business, this being faithful to the house of God, amen. It just seems like it's a thing of the past. We wanna talk about those old people that was before us, amen, how faithful they was, how much prayer they did, amen, and how much faith they had in God. I'm telling you, it should not be something that we go to the museum in an apostolic church and we just got relics hanging around about this one we talk about. It needs to be happening in us. It needs to be happening in me. It needs to be happening in you. Oh, God. Woo. Without faithfulness, you may be seated. Without faithfulness, we grow careless, worldly. Oh, Lord Jesus. I said without faithfulness, you got to come to the house of God where a preacher can preach to you. Woo. I said you got to come to the house of God where a preacher can preach to you and remind you. Hallelujah. Woo. 
I believe it was Peter said, I think that's who it was, he said something about, hey amen, I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. And he also said, hey, if you'll tell them these things, hey amen, you'll be a good minister. I want to tell you, you got to come to the house of God and let a preacher preach to you and stir up your minds, hallelujah, and stir up your spirit and get you to understand that this ain't no play thing. This is a real, this is real, this is real. It's a matter of heaven or hell. Oh, God. Used to be was glad to come to church. I was glad. I can't sing, Brother Spell. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Now, oh God, it's Thursday night. It's Wednesday night. It's Sunday morning. If I don't go, Brother Shield's going to be on me. Man, that makes me so aggravated. This makes me mad. Somebody said, man, you better come. If you don't, preach, going to be on me. What's a preacher supposed to do? He's trying to save your soul. I said he's trying to save your soul. Hallelujah. I said hell's going to be hot. Eternity's going to be long. We got to be right with God. Oh, Jesus. I don't want this to be just a memory. Man, I don't want it to be just a memory. The word, the truth of the word of God. Man, so many of them's turning in the other direction and gone charismatic. Let me tell you something else. I don't know. You can do what you want to about this prayer business, but I don't need no mood music to pray by. Man, come on. Get a grip. I've been to some place and they have them crazy enlightened singers and K-Love singers, all of them full of the devil up there trying to get us in the mood to pray. Come on now. We need to get in the unction of the Holy Ghost to get a hold of us. Hallelujah. I ain't never heard my dad, my grandpa, my grandma, my mama, amen, praying with some kind of mood music. Let the Holy Ghost power minister to you. I've come today to strengthen some things that remain, that are ready to die. We need to have a relationship with God. We need to know that prayer works, fasting works, faithfulness to church works. Woo! Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amos 8 and 11 says, the family of hearing the words of the Lord just simply don't believe what the word says. It used to be yea and amen. Woo. I said it used to be yea and amen. Now as a pastor, you've got to qualify everything you say. Man, I remember growing up, Brother Buddy said, ministry's fault. I want to tell you whose fault it is. Amen. It's because you ain't been praying. You hadn't been faithful to church. You hadn't been fasting. You've slacked up yourself. And everybody say amen. Woo. Everybody say I love the preacher. Hallelujah. They're probably talking about you, Brother Shield, not me. Hallelujah. Famine of hearing a word. Just simply don't believe what the word says. Used to be yea and amen. Now, uh, if we don't like it and like what the preacher preached, we just become a transient 
saint. We just move on down over here and somebody else will tell us what we want to hear. I'm trying to strengthen some things that remain that are ready to die. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Don't come to me because you got mad at your pastor when I know that he's a good man. He's not committing adultery, not smoking cigarettes, drinking beer, chasing women. Well, it's getting tired in here. I come to strengthen some things that remain that are ready to die. What about some, what about some ethics? Woo! Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, you know, children of Israel been down there in bondage for 400 years, is that right? Man, I'm scared to say anything with Brother Bo and Brother Spells in here. You know, at my church, kind of like me last night, that preacher was preaching. I didn't know if he was telling the truth or not. He done got over my head. It was good. Oh, yeah, go for it, man. Let her pump. I was like it was at youth camp. I was on the hype train. <laughs> Jesus, have mercy. <laughs> Where was I at? Let me think. <laughs> you know, it's like the children of Israel, they down there in bondage. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Send us to deliver, send us to deliver. You out there bound by drunk man, Brother Shield. How many people have you prayed through in this community around here that their life was upside down? Hey, man, and you got them established and got them on the rock and got them a job. Oh, got their family back together. And over a process of time, you become the devil. I'm just telling the truth today. We're celebrating 57 years. That's why that man got white hair. I'm surprised he got any left. But I'm telling you, that's the way it works. The children of Israel down there in bondage, 400 years, begging for a deliver. Well, we heard Grandpa and Grandma talk about it. Oh, they said it's coming. And then here comes Moses. I don't know what he looked like. I don't know if he had on pencil leg pants and psychedelic socks and his up around his ankles or what, you know. I don't know what he had. Amen. I don't know what he looked like. But he said, hey, I'm your man. I've come to set you free. I've come to bring you out of bondage. And they didn't care what he looked like. They didn't care what he said. He just had the words of truth. And they said, yay, whatever you say, Moses, that's what we're going to do. We've been looking for you for a long time. Brother, she'll preach to them the truth. Amen. That the Holy Ghost has set you free. Oh, give us some of that. That's what I've been looking for. And old Moses, man, he told him, he told him what to do. He said, look here, I want to tell you something. You go down and you kill them bulls and you cut his throat from the left side to the right side. Oh, whatever all them commandments was. But everything that he told them, they done it to the dotting of the I and the crossing of the T. He even told them what side to put the blood on. He told them how to cook it, how to eat it, how to chew it up, how to spit it out. He told them what kind of brush to paint the blood on there. They didn't care. All they knows they was bound. Now I'm free. We're going to that place that their ancestors has told us about. 
I'm telling you, it's just simple preaching here. Everybody ought to be able to understand this. Woo, hallelujah. It was yay and amen. But then over a process of time, woo, I said over a process of time, they on a journey. They done crossed the Red Sea. They out there, woo, hallelujah. Man, they watched Pharaoh's army get drowned. They over there, they beating a tambourine. They singing and a shouting. And then all of a sudden, they start murmuring, complaining on the journey. What's wrong? Have you forgotten where God brought you from? Come on, put your faith in the word of God. The Bible said he said in the sum in the church, apostles, prophets, pastors, and teachers to marry your children, to bury your dead, and keep his mouth shut about what you're doing and ain't right. Is that what it says? Anybody been reading your Bible lately? Woo! It said in every part. There's that word again, perfecting of the saints. The Bible said he's coming back after a church that's doing whatever they want to. The Bible said he's coming back after a glorious church without spot. Help me, Jesus. Without blemish. You know what the problem is? We really don't believe that because we ain't been praying. We ain't been fasting. We ain't been faithful to the house of God. Help me, Jesus. Woo, somebody go get me a sandwich. I'll go a little longer. I'm getting hungry up here. Another thing that's lacking, that's going to be just a memory. All these things are just going to be memories if we don't get a hold of it. Anybody understand what I'm saying? I hope that I can move somebody and motivate somebody to understand that just living for God business is serious. Hallelujah. It's more important than your lake house. It's more important than your coon dog. It's more important than your rabbit dog. It's more important than your bass boat and your reels and your rods and your lures. And I'm trying to get it all. It's more important than your fancy clothes. We got to be right. I ain't got time to be messing around. Time's running out. I'm 64 years old. Stents in my heart, blood pressure high, all these things. I'm telling you, you die any minute. I got to be right with God. I ain't got time to be playing no games. And God called me to preach, and so I'm trying to warn you to strengthen some things that remain in your life that's ready to die. You don't want it to just be a memory. Well, Tony Spell don't ever forget what Beverly A. Spell preached. Woo, he loved this truth. He preached this truth. It's right. I said, it's right. I said, it's right. There's only one God and his name is Jesus. There's only one plan of salvation. It's repentance. Water baptism in the name of Jesus. The infilling of the Holy Ghost. Speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. I don't want them to just say, hey, that used to be what they done in that church. Woo. Man, I started weeping when I was in that prayer room tonight and I seen this man with his hat on right here come rolling that wheelchair. 
And we got a man in our church that comes rolling in in a wheelchair every church night except Sunday morning. He's all twisted up. His mind's good, but he can't talk. He got hurt when he was 19 or 20 years old at a meal and something tore his skull and messed him up where he can't function and everything. But man, when he comes in that church, his hands are like this. He comes in with big old white teeth and he's a smiling and he's a grinning and he can't wait for church to start. And he rolls up there to the front and one of the brothers comes, sets up there and he takes that crippled hand and he hits that brother's hand and worship and praise God and just shakes his head. And when he's up there praying, he's just shaking it. I'm telling you, we need to have that hunger and that desire. He got nothing to look forward to in his life. But praise God, he'll have a new body. Praise the Lord. He's going to have a new life. Woo. You say, oh, preacher, you're repeating yourself. Well, I'm going to keep on because when I went to school, hey, man, they told me one plus one is two, and it took me a long time to get it. And finally, I moved up to two plus two. Hey, man, we might get to two plus two or three plus three, me six, hey, man, before this service is over, but we're going to keep saying it. We don't want it to be just a memory. <laughs> Woo. Help me, Jesus. You may be seated. What time y'all get out of here? There's got to be a hunger and a thirst. Jesus said, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, just simply righteousness, just simply all these other things, that's right. What I've been telling you is right. You got a hunger and thirst after these things. And ain't nobody likes to coon hunt any more than me. Ain't nobody likes to listen to them beagles run a rabbit any more than me. But I want to tell you something. Those things don't take priority over my relationship with God. Every morning before I get up, before I go, run them dogs. I'm going to that church house. I'm going to be up there praying. I'm going to be seeking God. Say, God, I need you today, Lord. I just want you to know, God, that I love you, God. I got no future in this life, Lord. My future's in you, Lord Jesus. I'm looking to see you one of these days. And when I stand before you, I want to hear you say, well done. I don't want to just talk about all these has-been things, Lord, and these relics that's in the museum, the Pentecostal and Apostolic Museums. Oh, God. Man, I had a man come to my house few weeks ago and he's from down around Mendon, Louisiana and uh, he said he was raised in the United Pentecostal Church and now he's a somewhat of a Baptist preacher or something and uh, we got to talking and I asked him, I said, well what happened to you man? What caused you ever go like that? He never would really say but he got to telling me, what's that preacher's in Mendon? The UPC preacher that, huh? Barnes, T.W. Barnes. He said, let me tell you something. He said, I remember as a kid. He said, if there's ever been a man of God and a man's in heaven, he said, that man's in heaven. He said, if he told me I was fixing to die tomorrow, he said, I'd be getting right with God because I believed it. And he got to talking about the miracles that he had seen at the hands of that man of God. Nothing but a memory and I looked at him and I said my God 
That man's deceived, growed up in an apostolic church. Let me tell you something. If you don't get a hold of this stuff, I said, if you don't get a hold of this stuff that I'm preaching about today, amen, the Bible said they receive not a love of truth. God shall send them a strong delusion. And when that delusion comes, that ain't like being deceived. God sends that delusion. This man was delusion. He thinks he's right. And he was talking about memories that he had, relics of the past, something that he knew something about, but now it really didn't mean anything to him. Oh, God. You got to get that hunger and that thirst. We used to be hunger and thirsty for the things of God. But it's diminished with the change in times. And we become lovers of our own selves. Lovers of pleasure more than the lovers of God. Wrapped up in life. Oh, it's okay for people to take a vacation, and it is. But God has blessed us, and our blessings have become our cursing because we got so much till we can't be faithful to the house of God anymore. I want to tell you, this place is important. Woo! I said this place is important. If a preacher's supposed to be God's spokesman, and he's supposed to pray and seek the face of God and get a message, and then he walks into the congregation that he pastors that God's put him over. And he looks around and he's six, seven, eight, 10, 20, 30. That's gone. It's gone. At least once a month on vacation. The preacher, I do. I feel really grieved in my spirit. And if I feel that way, I just wonder what God feels like when he looks out there. And he says, I thought they loved me. I thought they hungered and thirsted after me. How does God feel about it? Is that the buzzer to quit like they used to do at them fellowship meetings? Lord have mercy, they used to hit the piano. Lovers of our own selves. Lovers of pleasure. I'd rather do that. I got to do this. I would be there but this. I want to tell you something. These things, this faithfulness, business, and this love for God and and, and, and prayer and fasting and I don't want it to become a memory I don't want it to be in some apostolic museum somewhere that we just drag it out every now and then oh <clears throat> we talk about these miracles signs and wonders the Bible says that these signs shall follow them that believe we got so many people now following signs rather than signs following them. Well, they got better music over here. This preacher's a little nicer than the old preacher we got. He was good enough to get us on the right track, but you know, we need to move on up. We got to progress. Help me, Jesus. Mm. Oh, God. I don't want my blessings to become a cursing to me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to have a hunger and a thirst for the things of God. 
Um, praise is something that seems to be going away in the church. And that preacher preached last night about that music and where it come from and, and how God ordained it. And man, I enjoyed that part. It was very good. And I got to thinking about that. You know, this music business that we got in the house of God, this church has been blessed with this music. Let me tell you something. Professionalism don't bring down the power of God. <clears throat> and my wife's grandmother, she couldn't carry a tune in a surf bucket with a lid on it. But I'm going to tell you something. She was a praying woman, a godly woman, Sister Hall. And I remember her. Hey, man, get up to testify. And she'd come out in that aisle and pull that skirt. And every God, man, get to testify and talk in Joshua's tongue and say, God, just lay this song on me. She'd take off singing. He's going to follow the best musician in the world. Come follow. And she'd come down the aisle singing that song. And the power of God would fall in the house. Sometimes we're so yoked up and we want to depend on the things that we bring in. Woo! Whenever we need the anointing that destroys the yoke. Woo! Hallelujah! I said the anointing that destroys the yoke. We gotta have it. We can't operate without the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We might have, oh Lord, we might have our vertical worship like the K lovers and all this kind of stuff. It's up and down business. But I want to tell you, we need to get under the anunction of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And dance and praise God. But we done got so formal now, we don't want nobody cutting up. I want to tell you something. Amen. At our church, they get to cutting up. We built our church for what my dad said it was for. We got a dance floor. It got so wild up there. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. We're going to stay down here because we got too many up there now. But every now and then, the power of God gets to coming. Woo, hallelujah. And let me tell you what I do. I shut down the music. I said, all y'all get down here. We're going to see if this is a real power of God or y'all dancing to the music. And they rushed the platform. Amen. And I'm telling you, the power of God come down. We got to have the anointing. I believe in that worship. I believe in that praise. But it's got to come from the heart. The Bible said, oh, that men would praise the Lord. And then he said another place in the book of Psalms, seven times a day I do praise thee. Woo, seven times a day. Lord, I just want to thank you. Lord, I just want to praise you. We don't want to get so engrossed in life that we forget that the reason we are and the reason we have the things that we have is because of God. Lord, I just want to thank you. When you get out of this service a day and you go out there and you get in that ride that you're riding in, y'all just lift your hand for you, crank that thing up, say, Lord, I just want to thank you for this ride. Oh, I got this by my mind. I work for that. Huh? Well, if you didn't have the ability to work and you was handicapped, you God controls it all. Woo, hallelujah. That's six things. Number seven. That's the perfect number, ain't it? It's time to quit, ain't it? Worship. Psalms 26 days. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy 
house and the place where thy honor dwelleth. Woo! Brother Shield has tried to do everything that he can and young Brother Shield to make this a place of honor, a spectacle to the world. They got a deal out here in the front, a lighthouse out here shining around. And when people come by, they know that's them holy rollers over there. Woo, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's where the presence of God is. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thy honor dwelleth. Psalms 122 and one says, I was glad Woo. when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm telling you, you don't want to ever lose your desire to be in the house of God. Woo. Miracles, signs, and wonders. I don't want it to be a thing of the past. We just talk about it. And we ain't got no power to get it done now. I'm just telling you straight. I'm 64 years old. I was in the old days and now I'm in the new. I don't see as many healings as I used to see. Is God still healing? Yeah, he's still healing. Woo! I said he's still healing. He worked a miracle for us Monday evening. Oh, my God. Things could be so much different right now. I got a little grandson, not even two years old. And we're sitting on the carport. Me and his dad, and we're working on a grill or something. Other, and he's riding a tricycle round and round. And he looks across the highway. And he turned around to me and said, Papa, see the goats? I said, yeah, I see them goats over there. And so we went back working on the grill. Just seemed like just seconds. And my daughter come running out and says, where's Looper? I said, well, and he wasn't right there. And we started looking. And our eyes was looking close. And that little dude had done run across a major highway and was on the other side, standing there. God. I got a reason to praise him. I got a reason to come to church. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That little baby's mama got so sick. Looked like she was going to die. We were believing God's going to heal her. She's just lifeless. And we kept praying. We kept praying. We kept praying. We kept praying. Looked like she was going to die in spite of everything. And somebody touched God. Fasting, praying, somebody got a hold of God. Why didn't you do something? We did do something. We prayed. And God raised her up, and she's alive and well today. <clears throat> I could go on and on and on. My father-in-law come in from work one evening, 40 years old. He come in from work, and uh, if I'm lying, I'm dying, don't even feel sick right now. My, his two daughters are sitting there, and you can ask them. He come in. He said, man, my feet's hurting. He had his shoes off, and it was cold weather, and he come in, and he said, I don't know what's going on. His feet started swelling. His legs started swelling. His body started swelling. His leg, his arms started swelling. His mouth started swelling. And he just swelled up and swelled up and swelled up and swelled up. Looked like he was going to die. He got to where he couldn't even talk, could not eat, could not drink for over six weeks. What are you preaching about, preacher? Are you crazy? No. We're digging things out of that museum tonight or this day. And, 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 and. I want people to somehow get a hold of it that this don't just need to be something that happened in the past. We need to see these things happening now. 
I don't know if you was there or not, Brother Shield, tonight at that youth meeting we had. We always had a big youth meeting. There's about 1,200 people there. And, and this year, my daddy says it's going to be uh, no preach, no pray, all play. But God had a different plan. And my dad said, hey, y'all go over and get him. We load him up in a wheelchair, laid him back, rolled him in that auditorium over there. And people just, oh, my dad got the PA system. And he said, hey, we got a sick man here. We need to pray. And everybody started praying. All the ball playing was over. Was you there, Homer? You remember it? He's seen it too. And I'm telling you, they got to praying and the power of God. I got people from our church here. They seen it. Got to praying. I'm talking about 1,200 people roaring. He ain't walked in six weeks. He ain't ate in six weeks. He can't drink. I guess. And they got to praying. And in the name of Jesus, and they stood him up and he walked around that big basketball court Hallelujah, praising God, went over and sat down and ate barbecue. That ain't no Benny Hinn story. Woo. That ain't no A.A. Allen story. That's a Guy Looper story. I seen it with my own eyes. We need more of it. And the only way it's gonna come is whenever we get down to business with God and pray Fast, be faithful, worship, praise, entertain the spirit of God in his presence. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I preached a message one time. I heard one of them K lovers singing a song. And he said, we don't need no rock star preacher. I don't know the rest of it, something. But the part that caught me was he said, it's got to start right here. It's got to start right here. And I tell the message, it's got to start. It's got to start with us. It's got to start with you. It's got to start with you. It's got to start with me. Why don't we stand this morning and just lift our hands to God? Hey, God, I don't want it to be a memory. I don't want it to just be a memory. I don't want it to just be a memory, God. <laughs> I don't want it to just be a memory. Oh, God. Oh, God. Come on, pray like you mean it. Lift your voice to God. God, we gotta have the power. We gotta have the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. We don't wanna just go to some Pentecostal museum and they drag out old stories, God. We want to have some that we can talk about and have happen last Sunday night. Something happened this day. You, had, you need a miracle from God. He's in this place right now. You might as well just exercise your faith. You need deliverance. You need the Holy Ghost. You need to be delivered from drugs, alcohol, this is the place. It's got to start right here. Oh, God bless all these young men on his front seat here. It can start with you. It don't have to be some old person. You guys exercise your faith to believe that God can do it, that God will do it. Oh, God. Oh, God. I don't want it just to be a memory. 
I come to strengthen the things that remain that are ready to die. In the name of Jesus. You need something from God, you are just step out. Hey, preacher, you preached it today. I believe that God's going to do it. I believe God's going to do it. Oh, Jesus. I believe you're going to do it, Jesus. I believe in you, Jesus. Oh, God. Come on, this word is right. We got to believe it. We got to hold to it. This word that I preach will cure whatever's ailing you. Let it work on you today. Oh, Jesus. Jesus.